Good evening once again, my friends. We are live. And live! <laughs> a little later again, but for a very good reason. I am with the two legendaries, chefs, friends of mine, Chef Edward Bugia and Chef Charwin T. Hello! I'm hey so guys, uh, I'm so excited. Oh, I'm not gonna lie. I'm really, really excited for this episode. As in, I cannot believe we have a guest of this magnitude with us. I am really excited to hear his stories. Kayo. You know, I'm I'm thinking lang, uh, Ed and Richie, that uh, since we started season two, it's been big. On big, on big, our, right, our, our right. guests. Uh, and uh, now I'm worried if we're ever going to find a way to keep topping ourselves. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, thanks a lot, guys, for bringing in these big guests. Now we, we have to keep doing it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, and I, I'm actually happy that Chef actually said yes. Um, I, 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 met, I met our guest years ago. Um, when I visited New York, I got to visit this restaurant. It, it was in New Jersey at that time. It was fun. Um, it was inspiring. It was, you knew that, hey, you know what? Asian flavors could actually coexist with um, the American repertoire there, right? In New York, especially in Jersey and everything. I said, this is fun. And a lot of chefs are really um, going for that movement um, right then and there. This chef, we all knew who he was the moment the moment you saw him yeah. on Top Chef, you knew he was Filipino. You knew he was Filipino. His name, his looks, you were like, ah, this guy's Filipino. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, 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 we're so excited to introduce him. Um, yes. I, I think um, uh, Ed should be the one to introduce our guest. Dahil, uh, you've, <laughs> actually, you've actually been to his, to his restaurant. So, kami sure. mga po- poser, kunwari. Kunwari kilala namin, pero poser lang kami. <laughs> are, we, are we hyped enough? I, I think we should share this. Let's, we, should share, we should share this feed more so that we get more viewers tonight. I mean, you know, it's late, Definitely, but, definitely. you know, once people get once people get um, get wind of who our guest is, I'm sure they'll be tuned in. Um, this uh, this guest of ours, this chef, he he's one of the few who's actually joined um, three seasons of Top Chef. No, um, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. So there was one Top Chef. Um, which season was it? The first one? Uh, I, I think season four. Season three. Four, it season four. Okay, and then he 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 did All Stars. Yes. Right. Yeah. So he did Top Chef All Stars, and then he also did Top Chef Duels. Yes. Yeah, so Top Chef Duels. That was a very interesting. Uh, very interesting season of Top Chef. No, it was match play. Like uh, it, it wasn't like a challenge where everybody was cooking. No, it was one on one. Yeah. And, yeah, and they really, fun. they really picked the matchups. No, based on people who've had history together or people who had, had beef. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they had beef with each other, or maybe like if they cook the same styles. So it was an interesting, uh, interesting season. Yeah. So. That's I know. Without further ado, you know what? Let's just let's just talk to Chef already. Um, uh, Top Chef Alum, he's been on Iron Chef America, uh, on Knife Fight. I love him on Knife Fight. Um, cookbook author and all around great guy. 
Chef Dale Talde. Let's welcome Chef Dale, everyone. Guys, Richie hey, disappeared. Guys. I don't know how <laughs> I, could ever, I can never. I don't know how I could ever live up to that <laughs> that intro. Thank you very much. No, <laughs> we, we only speak the truth. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> your credentials are your credentials, Chef. Oh wait, uh, Richie is back. So that's how it. This is how it is with live um, oh, live okay. streams. Sometimes connections, you know, here in the Philippines. Third right, world connections. Chef Dale. <laughs> yes, third world problems. Chef Dale, welcome to the Cine Gang. We forgot to introduce ourselves as the Cine Gang. <laughs> we got too excited. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sobrang excited. Really so excited for, to have Chef Dale here. So <laughs> yeah, so we have super fans here. Um, the super fans meaning the viewers and also us, the hosts for this evening. We actually just wanted to sit down with you, Chef, and talk uh, talk about your 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 top chef stance, how you started as a chef. And we go from there. We have a couple of questions lined up for you, but please feel free to keep it free flowing. Yeah, no problem, guys. You know, um you know, I, I'm I started cooking because my mom is a you know, as Filipinos and I think as 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 Pinoys, uh eating well is a birthright. You know, I say that all always is that if you're at a Filipino table and um people are talking or I, I always say this, if you're at a Filipino table and you're eating dinner and somebody asks you a question about the dish they're eating, it means something's wrong. <laughs> How did you make this? <laughs> or what did you use for your, you know, what, what did you use for your synagogue? And then they give you a look. It's not because it's good. It's because you're trying to figure out why they don't like it. <laughs> right, because if it's good, yeah. nobody's talking. Yeah, if they eat it, if they're just eating it and it's good, there's no discussion. <laughs> right, they, yeah. they be good, right? But if there's questions and people are asking you, you got to wonder what, what's wrong. <laughs> so that's how I got introduced into cooking. My mom's a great cook, went to culinary school. You know, um, I'm a bit older. I, you know, I'm 41. So I started cooking when I was, I went to culinary school when I was uh, 18. And uh, it was a two-year program, got done at 20, and we've been in the kitchen ever since. So, um, you know, almost 20-something years of, of being in kitchens. And, uh, you know, it's it's been a progression, obviously, from line cook, from sous chefs to executive chefs to culinary director to owner um, to now restaurateur. Uh, and that's kind of how I see myself these days. You know, culinary will always be my focus. But as a restaurateur, you have to see kind of the bigger picture and, um, you know, being on Top Chef has definitely been uh, an amazing part of my journey, and it's helped me get to places where um, an exposure that I would have never had before. And, uh, you know, I'm honored to be one of the first Filipinos to be on Top Chef, I think. No, there was a – she. I think she was half Filipino, half Puerto Rican. Um, yeah, uh, I think Josie was in season two. Correct. Um, I'm not oh, late. Oh, Josie. You, were you in season three, or were you in season three, Chef, or season four? <laughs> Season four, season eight, and then you guys said duels. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So I was, uh, you know, I, I just want to start off with, I think, a question that everybody uh, really wants to know is, how do you get into uh, Top Chef? Like, do you personally send videos or do they actually scout you and invite you to join the, the competition? So when I went on the first time Top Chef, so that was season four, right? And that's almost over 10 years ago. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, a long time ago. It was a cold call. 
So it was a casting call and it was at Tom's restaurant in, um, in Chelsea, in New York. It was a, uh, it was t- uh, craft, uh, craft steak. And, um, you know, I would work, I worked on the block at a restaurant called Budokan and it was on a Sunday. It was a casting call on a Sunday because they know most chefs have Sundays off except for me. But it was, the casting call was like from 11 to 2 when I started work at 2. And I called my job. I was like, hey, I'm going to be like 15 minutes late. And I walked in. And I walked in as the casting directors at the time for that season were walking out, you know, folding up their briefcases, walking out. And I said, oh, you have time for one more? And they said, sure. Sat me down and um, had a like, 30-minute conversation. And they said, we love you. Well, we'd love to talk to you again. Come back. Uh, come back tomorrow and meet us at a hotel room and i was like whoa this is really weird like (laughs) like i'm gonna this is like you'll never see me again but the next day i had like a three you have like a you sit down in front of a camera and have like a three-hour conversation and i never cooked never they looked at your resume they checked your background like everyone that i put down as a reference they called and asked them you know what's up with dale is he a good cook and then um you get called in for a final interview. And then like later that day, they said you have uh, three weeks to pack your stuff up and um, get, we're going to, you know, you're flying to wherever we're flying to you and you'll be sequestered for five and a half weeks. It's wow. crazy. So five yeah. and a half weeks of like, you can't call anybody, you can't uh, go out or is it that strict? Yeah. You're completely uh, uh, secluded, right? It's like, If you have to make a phone call, it has to be recorded. If you can't use a computer, you can't, um, you don't have your wallet, your cell phone, uh, you're at, you're completely like, you know, sequestered in a house, you know, it it gets to the point where like, you have to raise your hand, use the bathroom. Hey, like you're, you're you're asking production, can I use the bathroom? And it's uh, pretty intense. It's intense. Long days, long days, 14, 15 hour shoot days. <clears throat> wow. And so, so is it the same up till now, Chef? Would you know? Have you been on the show again as a guest on the other side of uh of the chopping block? No. Um, but uh-huh. I do know a lot of people who have, you know, we are all one big family, right? Like, you know, if you've been on Top Chef, there's only like, you know, a couple, there's a there's maybe a hundred something people that understand exactly what this experience is like, a few hundred people. And you know, it's 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 the first half of the season, right? The first eliminated people, you know, one through say one through, you know, eight, if there's 16 contestants, they have a completely different experience than the last eight. Right. Because the last eight, there's a lot more scrutiny on us. Um, you uh-huh. see, you know, you start off with a kitchen of 16 and then all of a sudden you're in a kitchen with like six people or five people, including yourself. And it's a very different experience. So, um, you know, you get to understand people's, um, I guess what you're saying is the the longer you go on, the more kind of uh, connection there is with people who have actually gone through that full on experience. Uh, It's like, they don't really know. They don't really know. They had a taste of what it's like uh, and not the full, the full, um, the full meal. Okay. Did you make friends chef with any of these people (laughs) like who you're still friends with up till now? Yeah, you know, it's funny because I know when you guys just say fiery and passionate, and that's how I am. You know, I think that's why the this sh- this show is so successful. Um, they get a bunch of people who are passionate about what they do, and we're all chefs, so we're super opinionated, right? 
Super opinionated. Right. Usually Strong it's, personalities, yeah. Yeah, it's only our opinion that we care about. Okay. <laughs> 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 I don't, you know, it's it's okay. Shut up, you don't know what you're talking about. It's delicious. <laughs> so, um, but you get a bunch of us together, and it, it's like fireworks, right? So, like on the show, you say things to people that you might not say in real life, right? <laughs> Especially now, right now in this day and age, you know, as as chefs, right? It's like, you know, you have to. It's not like when we were younger, right? When we were younger, yes. You know, you got spoons and plates thrown at you, and like, I mean, we I lived those experiences with French chefs or like, you know, being in, cooking in America, it's like, you know, there was this type of environment, but now it's like, you you know, everyone's kid gloves. It's about having a great working environment. Um, but on the show, it's like, I'm not really, you're not really my boss and I'm not yours. So right. you thing, I could tell you to kiss my ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> especially like, especially during our favorite restaurant wars, right? Yeah. Every. Of course, and it's cheated, and you know, you know, the production, like, like, they're smart. You know, it's like our house was full of wine, beer, and liquor. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everything what, to lower inhibitions. Exactly. What creates a fiery atmosphere? Just put a little alcohol in people. Make them tired. <laughs> and put a little alcohol in, them. <laughs> and uh, immediately there's fireworks. So. I speak to most of my my past contestants, even if you know, even if like it we uh, or the guys that I've been on the show with, even if on the show we kind of got into it, like Spike, Andrew, uh, you know, all these people, Antonia, we're all really great friends because you know, at the end of the day, it's like we built a bond that only a few people really understand what it could be like. Nice, um, yeah, Sharwin. Uh, Richie was mentioning a while ago when we were prepping for the show about uh, one of your iconic dishes. Uh, Richie, uh, do you want to ask the question? Oh, it's choppy. Sharvin, go, oh, go ask okay. it. Okay, <laughs> so we were, we were talking about, you may not have been the first Filipino to be on Top Chef, but you were the first to represent our food on the show. And I think, you know, Top Chef has a, has a strong following in the Philippines, but it's pretty small. But it got way bigger when you did your halo-halo. Um, and it I think the show blew up because of the Halo Halo. So uh, we were wondering how you came up with it because you didn't have any of the traditional ingredients, I assume, in the Top Chef kitchen. No, you're There's actually, yeah, Chef, it. connected to that, there's actually a comment here from the audience there, from Jacqueline Ke. See? She was so excited being uh, seeing Filipino food represented on American TV, right? So yeah, please, Chef Dale. That's, that's actually ahead. a friend of mine, Chef. And she's been oh, excited. Okay. She got really excited when I told her that you were going to be on this. Oh, thank you, Jack. <laughs> Shout out. Thank you so much. And Lambazmo. Lam okay. They want to shout yeah, Lambaz. No, don't, don't mind him. His, his, don't pronounce his full name. But yeah, sure. He has a question. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, you know, like I, at the time, dessert was not my forte. Um, I've since understood that, you know, as a well-rounded chef, you have to understand all facets of, all facets of cooking, right? But when I went on the show and I understood, hey, there's, you know, at some point you're going to have to be asked to do dessert. And it's a very chef-friendly dessert, right? Halo Halo is like, you know, mix-mix, whatever you want to do. <laughs> you can mix-mix whatever you want. Um, so I knew, okay, listen, these are my flavor profiles. 
they're not going to have coco de natto, macapuno. They probably have condensed milk, but they won't have, you know, candied palm seeds. They won't have any of that other stuff, right? So, so how do I reinvent it into my flavors and what's seasonal and available now? So I saw the avocado, avocado yuzu, um, you know, uh, God, I comp- oh, the, you know, I did see coconut there. So I was like, oh, I'm going to make coconut, you know, use coconut meat instead of the macapuno, just use the fresh meat. Um, kiwi, so there's seeds and some texture. And, um, you know, like I wanted it to have a lemongrass and, and lime leaves together. Um, they remind me of Fruit Loops. I don't know if you guys, uh, have you ever done that before? If you mix kefir lime leaf and, or lime leaf and lemongrass together with coconut milk, it makes the, it smells exactly like Fruit Loops, the cereal. I didn't know that's that. A, that's I do it. And if you add a little chili on it, it like takes it way over the top. But, um, and I know that that was like, okay, I wanted the flavor profile to be bold and um, not too sweet. Um, because I saw Johnny Uzini there, who is like an amazing pastry chef. So I was like, listen, I, I have to kind of like, it can't be just sweet on sweet on sweet, right? It has to have to have layers of, of, of different flavors and, and very contrasting flavors. Um, which I like about, you know, I think a Filipino table has that, right? Filipino tables have contrasting flavors. There's um, yeah. sweet and salty and funky and, and sour and, and a little herbaceous and always mix it up with some rice and, and we're all good. So, What's amazing to me, Chef, is up till this day, you said that that guest, that um, you being on that season was more than 10 years ago. You still remember exactly what you put on that dish. I don't remember what I did last week for Sunday lunch. <laughs> I think as I think it's one of the I, I my my wife told, told me about this. She's she's like you forget your keys, you forget to turn off the stove or the oven. Sometimes you you don't know to like you forget that uh, you know you forget to put the car in park when we when we when we go somewhere. But you can tell me a recipe from twenty years ago from the first restaurant that you worked at. I go I don't know what it is with me. For me, it's like that's why I love. Like for me, I love cooking. When I love something, and I and and I love to, uh, I think it's a, like an amazing dish. I will remember that forever. It's one of those things that, like, when I first started cooking in my first kitchen at Vong in Chicago, there were some recipes and some flavor profiles there that I was like, I never tasted. It's funny because I had tasted a lot of this stuff, but not in the context of the fine dining restaurant, right? I uh-huh. had tamarind before in Finnegan. You know, I've, I had fish sauce, there's fish sauce everywhere, but the, the way that this restaurant was combining these flavors, um, was very new to me. So I attached myself to it and said, Hey, you know what? This is, I love this because I think innately my heart was already, it was already there. It was already, it was already pulling at my, at my heartstrings with tamarind and fish sauce and garlic and chilies. Like that's all the stuff that we, you know, and soy sauce, it's like, it's all stuff we use in the Filipino kitchen. Nice. Okay, yeah, that's that's amazing. I think uh, same with Sharwin, right? Sometimes you remember recipes um, by heart. Sometimes you're like, oh yeah, I did that. <laughs> I don't remember, but yeah, I kind of did. But yeah, um, Chef, um, how has Top Chef really changed? You know, change your career, change your career trajectory. Like, I saw you on Knife Fight. I was so I was so ecstatic because the concept of the show was amazing. Um, I wasn't able to see your guesting on um, Iron Chef, but these two have. Um, and I, I believe Richie also wanted to mention how you 
how you made kare kare, if I'm not mistaken. They said, yeah. Richie mentioned, like, uh, how did he pronounce kare kare on the show? <laughs> we spelled it out, kiri kiri. Kiri kiri. <laughs> we spelled it out, kiri kiri short rib. <laughs> yeah. How has it changed your life, Chef, um, being on Top Chef? You know, I mean, obviously the national exposure and I mean, international exposure, right? I, I mean, I got to meet you. I got to meet, I got to go to the Philippines. Um, you know, I have a dear friend at the Philippines star, Teresa, um, and she brought me, me and Alan and I saw the first time I went back to the Philippines since I was like 10 or 11 since my Lolo passed um, was because of Top Chef. And, uh, you know, we were on a press tour there for almost two and a half weeks and it was just an amazing uh, you know, things like that don't happen. Don't, I, I'm a kid from Chicago, Illinois, you know, in a suburb just outside of Chicago. Uh, went to culinary school because I loved people like Martin Yan, Emma Lagasse, uh, a show called Great Chefs of the World. You know, I, I watched those and was like, hey, I'm interested in this. And like for me, um, you know, cooking was cooking was a way to not be behind a desk. You know, I feel, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> you know what? I want to do something that that there's a immediate gratification that um, I can I could do something and then there's an end result, right? Instead of it like here's a two week project that you have to do. I didn't want to I didn't want to feel like school in any way. So I went into cooking. My mom, I was always interested in it, um, and I just went. And I don't know. You go on Top Chef, and all of a sudden, like people recognize you, and it's weird it's weird and cool and amazing. And, you know, when it comes to being part of a restaurant, it's like the exposure you get from it is un- unbelievable. Right? You can't pay for it. You literally cannot pay for it. Being on TV for X amount of time, it's all of a sudden it becomes like, uh, it, it's marketing that nothing that you can't pay for. So, uh, it, it's a great, it's been a great thing. It's really helped change my life. You know, you meet amazing people. That's the other part of it is that you meet such amazing people. Like, like I see Padma and Tom, you know, Tom and I see them and it's like, they know who I am. You know, when Padma at my restaurants in Brooklyn, when it was open, it was like Padma would just text me and say, Hey, it's Padma. I go, I know. And she's like, can we get a table? <laughs> of course. You know, and, 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 and it's amazing. Um, it's just an amazing outlet for, an, uh, especially, you know, an industry where for the most part, when I started cooking, it, the celebrity chef started to happen. But for the most part, we were behind the scenes guys, right? When I went to culinary school, I had two military guys and a bunch of college burnouts that were like, I'm on my fourth college. If I don't graduate <laughs> from something, I'm not going to get a degree ever in my life. That sounds like my 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 crew too. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're misfits. Sometimes we're like the people who don't belong. We're the we're the guys who like to stay out late and not wake up early. We're the guys who work too hard and don't see their family on the holidays. That's who we were. You know, now I'm sure it's different for all of us. You know, you transition into different parts of your career, but in the beginning, that's how who I was. You know, for the first seven years of my career cooking in Chicago, I didn't see my family Christmas, Thanksgiving, or New Year's Eve. You know, you chose one of those holidays to, or you did, or you had to work them all. So we are a different breed of people. So it was a great time to, it's changed my life because I get to meet so many different people. Actually, uh, I just want to go on record and saying that the only thing I'm jealous of is that you've already met Padma and I have not. 
that I'm not fine with. (laughs) She is uh, everything that you think she would be and more. She's an amazing person. She is incredibly uh, caring and an incredibly uh, generous person um, and way more beautiful in person than she is uh, through the screen. Okay. Um, That's amazing, Chef. So being you being on TV all over uh, the world, not just in the U.S., uh, what has it taught you? Being a celebrity chef, like, that has it taught you how to be more, I don't know, um, conscious of what you do? Like, th- that persona on TV, does it translate to you still being the same way in the kitchen? I don't know. Uh, you know what I think? It, it's taught me some responsibility. I think mm-hmm. it was taught me. You know, the first, the first time I was on Top Chef, I wasn't, um, I didn't love the person who I was. Um, okay. And I had to do a lot of work to, you know, it's a very interesting thing. Nowadays, you get to, like, with podcasts and and Facebook Live and all these outlets being able to kind of, like, put yourself out there. You get to, you have a a honest way of seeing how people perceive perceive you, right? Um, You put yourself out, like, in this. You can rewatch it and say, oh, you know, this I like, that I like, how I said this, maybe it wasn't great. And we were talking 10, 10 years ago, there wasn't all, there wasn't there wasn't these types of outlets. So TV was a way for you to see how people really perceive you. And during season one, when I saw these with my parents and I saw like, you know, you saw a little bit of embarrassment and pain out of your parents. And I didn't like that. I did not like that. And I was like, I have to change something about who I am. Cause that's, I don't, I don't like who I am and I don't like the way that my parents are seeing um, ah, okay. So, you know, it taught me a little bit of humility and taught me, hey, hey you have to change yourself a little and um, and be more responsible about, like, what you say and how, you, uh, how you're how you perceived, right? Um, you know, when we first opened Taldy Brooklyn, when I first opened Taldy Brooklyn, there was a lot of annoyed chefs that came out and were like, hey, you know, I, I want to work with you because I saw you from the show. And... Um, <laughs> And it's cool, but it is, it is, there's a responsibility to that, right? And at the time, I was really young and didn't understand, didn't quite understand what that responsibility was all about. And, you know, I was, I, I probably should have been more of a mentor and caretaker to a lot of these guys. I really should have. And then, and, and in hindsight, I wish I was. Um, you know, you just try, you're kind of just driving the ship, right? You want to, you want perfection, you want better, you want better instead of saying, you know, putting them under your arm and saying, hey, this is how to be better you know, it's okay to make mistakes and stuff like that, you know? Um, but yeah, I think it's like, that in that respect, I think it teaches you a lot of responsibility. But at the same time, chef, that was, you were a little, you were, you were rather young as well. No. Yeah. Uh, totally. so you were learning as well. So yeah, that wouldn't be too hard on yourself. <laughs> yeah, I was 29. I was 29. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, but it, it, it's hindsight, right? It's, I wish I could have done it. Now it's like, of course, I'm the person who, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a lot of, I'm a little older. And my, do I have a lot of work to do? Of course I do. Um, but I think also, so, you know, we are a little bit of, um, I don't know, I, say, I, I don't say agents in general. We're a little bit of uh, self-haters, right? We're never, it's never good enough for us. We, we, we can always do better. It's, it's how we were brought up, I think. You know, uh, Asian culture is, we're, we're always hard on ourselves more than on others. Yeah. Yeah, but I remember, Chef, in, in the All-Star season, you mentioned this on cam. You took anger management um, yeah, sessions. No? Yeah, I went to therapy, dude. Therapy for oh, like therapy. Not, not anger management. Yeah. It was therapy. Okay. Straight up therapy, man. I went to therapy for two years. And, 
you know, it's good work. It's, you know, I think as exactly. Asians, yeah, as Asians, I think we have to get rid of that stigma of mental health is, we have to understand that mental health is real, right? That we have to, we yeah. all, uh, besides physical, mental health uh, is just as important or else we're not going to get anywhere. So I did the work and um, I think I came out as a better person and I know I did. I know I did. And I still have things to work on. And that's the thing about like, it's like working out, right? Mental health and that kind of stuff, it's like working out. If you work out for two years and you're in great shape and then you stop, you're not going to be in great shape. Uh, you know, you're not going to be in the same shape you were. So mental health is the same thing. If you don't continue the process, if you don't. And there's a lot of things that I do now to kind of like on my drive in, I try not to think about work. I try and think about like breathing exercises, stuff like that um, to, to help just kind of clear the mind. That's nice to hear coming from you, Chef, that, uh, the, you know, uh, the, the regular person might think that someone as famous as, as you doesn't go through things like that. But to hear, to hear, you, to hear it come from you, I'm pretty sure it's uh, really reassuring to them that, you know, that they can get through it as well if you can. Oh, man. And we all, we all of us, right? It's, it's not, it's everybody. We're all, uh, we're all prone to this. Everyone, I mean, just because... You know, you look at like NBA players who you think have it all. They're playing basketball for a living. Like they have tons of money and they all go through the same stress that we do. We we look at it different. Like, oh, why are you stressed out? You're rich and famous and you have money. It's like, hey, man, everyone goes through the same. Everyone has stuff that they're dealing with, right? For the past right, or right. present. We're all dealing with some stuff. So I think perspective. And another thing is perspective is what Top Chef taught me. It's like, you know, perspective, especially in a kitchen where – you guys think it's hard? Like, you think service is hard now because we're down a line cook and the dishwasher's just got in a fight and one of them's going to jail? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, hey, why don't you try cooking a 350-person wedding in two and 24 hours? Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> are people you hate. So you don't have to do a lot of you guys. And you got to cook a, a real wedding in 24 hours for 350 people. And, you just, and you, you're creating the menu on the fly. That's oh my gosh! Was that all star? I know what the menu is. <laughs> the menu hasn't changed. <laughs> same, same menu has been for a couple weeks. <laughs> okay, was was that all star chef? I don't remember that season challenge. Four. Season four, we did season four top chef. We did two episodes, two twenty four hour episodes where the sleep was optional. Oh wow! Oh my goodness! Put cots out there and said, if you guys want to sleep, you can. It's come nine o'clock. We're loading up all the food and going to this wedding that starts at noon. <laughs> <laughs> very, very top chef. That's it's amazing. Yeah, right. yeah, uh, yeah. wedding. Yeah. That wasn't a fake wedding. Like at the end of the wedding, the bride was crying because she was like, "The food here wasn't very good." We're like, "Yeah, dude, I had twenty four hours to do this. Of course not. I could." <laughs> oh, oh, she was God. crying. She wasn't happy. She was in tears. <laughs> Oh my God! Oh my God. That's I know. She thought it was gonna be like, oh, it's gonna be an amazing. This is not fake TV. Oh my gosh! <laughs> we were not ready to produce your wedding. We were not. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh Shaf, I was wondering gosh. because uh, you know everybody, it, it happens in basketball, it happens in in football, um, and it happens within Top Chef. You know, and when people start watching the show, and then somebody screws up on a on a quick fire. Uh, makes a boneheaded decision. Everybody 
on t- uh, watching on TV is saying like, I wouldn't do that. You know, that's such a bonehead move or that's such a stupid move or that's an amateur move. But in reality, how tough is it? Um, I'm sure you've seen some episodes, right? So watching Top Chef and being on Top Chef, how different is it really? Listen, if for someone who's gone through it, I'm like, listen, that guy obviously messed up. And then you can see when the nerves got the best of somebody, right? And it's like in football and basketball, someone misses the free throw when there's 0.5 seconds left to go in, in the game. Like, yo, the nerves got the best of him, right? Because as professionals, we know, we know our routine, right? Okay, you make a dish, you taste it, you plate it, send it out, right? Sometimes you miss like things like tasting. You are, you know, when you have 30 minutes to make something, you have 30 minutes to create, stick to a theme, and execute a dish. Things like salt completely get missed, right? Yeah. Things like uh, time plating. Oh, you know what's crazy is you'll see people forget to get plates. And they have the dish, and then all of a sudden they're like, I forgot a plate. And then they go run to go grab a plate. And then there's like, now with 15 seconds left to try and plate something, you know, you're like, oh, I can do it. But then you realize it takes me 15 seconds to usually plate one dish. Now I got to put out four. Like, oh. That egg just got the best, you know, that's, the, that's a boneheaded decision that it got the best of you. And not tasting something. I mean, I can't tell you how many times you, you go through this and you're just like, they ask you, did you taste this? And you're like, I didn't taste it. <laughs> I yeah, see that yeah. during quick fire, right? During quick fire, they're like, did you taste this? And you're wondering, you're wondering, how could they not taste it? But you don't take into consideration the pressure that they're going, that the contestants are going through. Think about, think about this. You're in a room, right? You're in a kitchen with, sometimes 18 other people, 18. And there's two Robocoos, two blenders, uh, five non-stick, non-stick skillets. So all those other things, like there's one fridge where you know their proteins are in and you got to run and go get something, you know? And like, oh, I'm going to do scallops. And then the dude in front of you just grabbed the scallops. <laughs> like, right, right. All of a sudden, like in our kitchens, we're con- it's controlled. It's like, did you order the scallops? Yes, the scallops are here. Go get them for me. Then you make your dish. It's not like that on top. There's no Comey. There's no sous chef. There's no like, go get you something. It's you. So those are the, time, those are the times when like you realize that like uh, when the public doesn't realize, they're like, oh, I, I, I wouldn't have done that. You probably, you know, I'll tell you a story. <laughs> this is a great story. So okay, okay. I was working at Budokan. It's in Chelsea Market. Chelsea Market is also the home of Food Network. There's a show on Food yeah. Network called um, uh, like uh, Next Food Network Star, right? Yeah. Right. So the offices of the hotel or the restaurant group that I worked in shared this elevator with Food Network. So in my whites, I'm at work. I'm doing some administrative work. I get in this elevator, and in this elevator walks the entire cast of the next Food Network star and one of the producers. And the producer just happened to work on Top Chef during my seasons. So I look at him, I'm like, and he's Filipino. I'm like, Ivan, what's up, man? And he gives me a big hug, and, and we start talking. And all the, all the people that were on next Food Network star are looking at the producer, and they're like, and they're looking at me and kind of sizing me up because they know that I was on Top Chef. Uh-huh. So, so I'm like, hey guys, how's it going? Congratulations. I do all the thing and then I leave. 
that I talked to the producer. He's like, Hey, I'm going to come to your restaurant after I drop these guys off and we're going to, you know, I'm going to have dinner. So he's sitting down and he goes, you know what happened after you left? All those guys in that room on that elevator were like, Hey man, how hard is top chef? And he turned around to all the food network stars guys and goes, first of all, none of you would have even gotten on the show. <laughs> and if you did get on the show, each and every one of you would have gotten kicked off first. <laughs> yeah, guys, this is a different, this, it's different. This is a different thing. You guys are great personalities and you guys are doing two different things. That is a cooking show where if you don't cook well, there is no time added on. There is no, hey, how much more time do you need to finish? Time stops, you put your plate up with whatever you got and you're done. And they all kind of like, because I think some of them were like, you know, some of them are executive chefs. They're like, oh, I could do Top Chef. And he looked them square in the face and said, none of you. <laughs> a single one of you would make it on that show. Not one. <laughs> and you could tell that they all kind of were taken aback. Like, we thought that Net Food Network Star was hard. He's like, it's nothing compared to what they no. put through. Nothing. Yeah. Not not to talk down on all the other shows, but no, not at all. Top, top Chef is a gold standard. Yes, is you see it? Cooking reality shows, it is the gold standard, right? For next one, Network Star is great because it's, but they're trying to get a person, a food personality that can right. cook and talk at the same time. Have you seen the interviews on Top Chef when they're actually cooking? They're like, yes, no, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're not good like that. We're, it's about the food for us. Right, right. Not yeah. about telling the audience like what we're doing or, you know, waxing poetically about heirloom tomatoes. It's about like, I'm putting this dish, <laughs> get out of my bowl. It's like, it's like it's the last thing on your mind. Yeah. yeah. So for quick fire, it's Padma. Padma's gonna be there. And hey, what are you what are you cooking, Dale? You'll be like, oh my god, it's Padma. Um, please don't bug me. I'm cooking. And then during the main, during the main, yeah. Then during the main competition, it's Chef Tom Colicchio, right, with the guest chef, the guest judge. You'll yeah. be there, and you'll be like, yes, chef. Um, yes, chef. Yeah. yeah. And then you know the guest judge might be like someone like Daniel Balud, and you're like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How many Michelin stars do you have? Or it's someone like David Chang, like, hey, he's an idol. Or it's someone like, you know, some food idol that you had that, you know, it's like it drops you and you're like, oh my God, I'm cooking for this person. I'm so embarrassed. If I, I'm so embarrassed of what I made him. You know what I mean? So it's different. Yeah. It's, it's very different. Yeah. So I get you. I've, I've seen that building. I've been to Chelsea Market. Yeah. I saw the elevator. It said, it said scripts. And I said, hey, I know this building. And then so apparently, and I saw Budokan right outside. So I, I could imagine exactly which elevator it was. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that's an amazing story. It's funny because that elevator used to be right next to the studio audience that Emerald used to Emerald used to do his Emerald Live cooking show. And there would be uh-huh. there would be hundreds of people lining up to go into his show. And it was like, you know, that was like the heyday of like those, you know, you know, they call them now like the dumpster shows, right? Where it was, yeah. it's not like now it's all about competition shows, right? But it used to be these dumpins their TV shows where Emerald and, 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 you know, Martin Gann and, you know, they have an audience and it was just cool. You know, Bobby Flay even had him and he still does. So and you, you can see it because Top Chef has all these Emmys, right? I mean, you know, well, yeah, they got nominated again last season. They get nominated every year because um, yeah. it's a well produced show. It is. 
And uh, so, Chef, uh, just uh, because you're uh, from Chicago, but you, you also got to open restaurants in New York, I think you're the most uh, well-equipped to answer this question in my mind. Which hot dog is better, the Chicago oh. dog or the New York dog? I'm glad. I'm glad you did hot dog because pizza is always a very controversial one. <laughs> There's almost no comparison when it comes to And even New Yorkers that I know, a true... I grew up in New York City. They will always say the Chicago dog is better. All beef hot dogs, steamed poppy seed bun. You, you drag it through the garden is what they'll say. Onions, tomatoes, cucumbers, sport peppers, mustard, never ketchup, and um, celery salt. And it's an, an, I don't know, green pickle relish. So, um, but when it comes to pizza, man, ah, man, New York is so good. New York and New Jersey. Yeah. I'll even say this. Come to New Jersey, Chef Ed. I know you know Leah Cohen who lives out yeah. there. We'll go on a pizza tour, man. And, and anyone of you, Sher- Sherwin or, 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 Rich- or Richie. Richie. Yeah. Guys, you come to New York, we're going to do a pizza tour and it will start in New York and it will end in New Jersey. And New Jersey has some of the best pizza in the country. I'm there. Man, New Jersey, man. Like- <laughs> yeah, man. You guys, it's like, it's a slept on thing, but New Jersey pizza is so good. It's so good. Um, but so, you yeah. never hear about I- New Jersey pizza, no? Mm-hmm. It's very underrated because you never really hear about it. You don't. You don't. You know, it's always like, oh, what pizza is Chicago, New York? And like, you know, thick crust, you know, deep dish pizza to me is like, I can't eat that every week. I can eat that once a week. You know, there's a specific deep dish pizza called um, Pequod's in Chicago. If you guys are ever in Chicago, Pequod's is my favorite. It's like a Sicilian with a burnt edge crust. It's delicious. But that's the only deep dish I like. I like the thin, it's called party cut pizzas. It's Chicago style tavern pizzas. Um, but out here, you get that New York slice, man, and it's it's you know it's so iconic. Okay, chef, we actually had a question lined up for you, but someone in our comment section actually asked the same question. Our good friend Bea, is one of the premier food writers here in the country, is asking. There's so much food content in media right now, from docu's to competitions to vlogs, etc. What's a certain food-driven concept that you wish someone would produce in the future? Um, and what would uh, the format be like? Because it's, it's, is it all there already? No, I don't think that it's all, it's all there. But, I mean, are, aren't we teetering on the edge of, like, too much? Oversaturation. Oversaturation. Um, you know, what I, what I, I'll tell you what I am tired of. It's what I am tired of is when you, when... You get some of these shows, and we're all, I think a lot of people are guilty of them, and people that I love are guilty of them too. But um, they go to Asia, any Asia, right? Southeast Asia, anywhere. And, and then you, you hear some type of like gong or Chinese, <laughs> you know, and it's like, who do you think you are? You're in Vietnam, dude. That is a totally different. You know, it's so ter- it becomes so ter- stereotypical, right? Of like, you're in Asia, they play some type of Asian background music. Like that kind of, I think that kind of like, uh, that kind of uh, food TV, right? It, it has to be, there has to be some kind of like, someone has to check those people, right? Um, but I don't know. I think, you know, I, I, from a personal standpoint, the food competition shows aren't going to go away because people love them. Um, yeah. What I, you know, what I love the most are like the chef table type of docu, production mm. of that, right? But even that is kind of like everyone's shooting in, in the same way. 
right? Yeah. Slow mo food shot. The you know the saute pan where somebody sauteing something. And it's very everyone's shooting the same way, so it's starting to look a little old. But I love the content. You know, I love um, I love the story behind the actual food. When you really you really get to know people, like we you know. If you guys saw Chef Table, you see people like Ivan Orkin hearing his story, his personal story. It's so, it's like, my God, brings you to tears, right? The, um, the woman, the Chef's Table with the woman, the barbacoa restaurant in Philly. So if you hear the real stories of how, I mean, I think that's the next thing, right? The immig- Like, we already talked talking about it, but pure immigrant stories, right? Of like, oh, yeah. Filipinos in the Middle East. Filipinos oh, in yeah. You know, what are these stories being told of how we are assimilating in these countries and how, you know, those stories aren't being told, right? Because of the most- Oh, man. I, you- can, can I just say, uh, that's the show that I've been trying to pitch. Um, exactly, exactly what you said. Uh, I've been uh, trying to find a contact with Netflix and I was trying to pitch it before this pandemic happened. That's exactly um, what I wanted to, to showcase, like stories of... Um, Filipinos, second generation, third generation Filipinos, how they would um, cook Filipino food when they've never even been to the country, right? Like how 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 different is their food? Oh um, my god, it's something that I have I wrangle with. I have that. I have I have feelings, real feelings about that. You know, am I good enough, or not that I'm good enough? Am I qualified enough to be cooking Filipino food? And I have these mm-hmm. struggles with it, right? And that's why I'm always like, hey, it's kind of my thing, my twist on it. Because I don't, like you said, man, it's like I, I know Filipino food. I know real Filipino food because my mom made it for me. Um, but can I make dishes that are exactly like my mom's? No. It's, it's like and that I, I struggle with that. Um, but I think that's a great, to me, it's a great story. It's like, you know, a specific, um, specific immigration patterns or migrant, you know, immigration patterns of Filipinos to certain places, right? Like my mom landed in New Jersey. I could only imagine the Filipino food that they were cooking when they landed in New Jersey and did not have access to ingredients like that. Yeah. Late 60s, right? And then you follow these stories of like, hey, this is how my mom cooked it. This is where she ended up. And now we're in Chicago and this is how we're cooking Filipino food in Chicago. And I'm sure you you go to the Middle East, like what do they do when there's no pork? Yeah. God. Our cuisine is based on <laughs> <laughs> on pork. <Yeah. laughs> you can't get it in these Muslim countries. Like, what do you do? So it's. I think it's super interesting. How do you make do with it? And what do you do? And you know, I'm sure the secret places that you're, you know, the secret places that you're going to get your fix when you when you you know, because it's there. It has to be right. It's like alcohol in the Middle East, right? Like, it's there. You just got to figure out where to get it. It's illegal. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. Uh, I, I had a quick stint cooking in um, UAE. And um, my, my favorite story from there was um, they allowed us to cook pork, but only in a separate room um, with separate equipment. And um, once we came out with a tray of uh, lechon kawali, and I, I, I figured, you know, we, we, we made like three huge trays of the lechon kawale and I figured that's it for the night. I can, you know, take off my apron and sit down. And they blew through the, the three uh, pans of lechon kawale in like less than an hour. And, and I had to make another dish because we ran out of pork. That's how 
desperate they were because they couldn't have it for maybe most of the year. Yeah. So when, when they finally have Lechon Kawale, they just go crazy. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing how one resourceful you guys will be, but two, how attached uh, Pinoy's are to our cuisine, right? Yeah. Filipinos aren't like other it's funny my wife is like I talk to my wife but my wife is the she's Korean so Korean uh-huh. is the type of our type of culture that will go to a to the Philippines and be like I wonder how the Filipino food or the Korean food is here <laughs> like why don't you eat the Filipino food Filipinos we are like I wonder how the food is here in general and we'll try yeah food. And, you know, the last thing on our mind is like I'm gonna I'm not gonna eat Filipino food here. Like I want to try everything else. Where other cultures, like whether Chinese or Korean or Japanese, are gonna be like, hmm, I'm in London. I wonder how the Korean food is. It's like, no, I don't. I don't want to be here at all. I've never heard anything about Korean food in London. You know, <laughs> but um, Filipinos are just that flexible, right? We mm-hmm. we we go into a place and we say, hey, man, we make the best of it. We don't. But like you said, we. You know, when you are away from our concept too long, we have to eat Filipinos. No, Filipinos are flexible, but there is a threshold. All of yes. a sudden, your body's going to look for rice. <laughs> that's, that's the key. That's the key. You're going to look for any kind of rice, like fried rice or whatever. Like when I was in Europe or in the U.S., you will reach a threshold. It's probably the, the 10th day or maybe the two-week mark. And you'll be like, okay, I, I'm, I'm done with, with, with burgers and, and all these, you know, delis and all. I need my rice. <laughs> Yeah. There's only so much Shake Shack and uh, and uh, <laughs> burgers and fries. Yeah, I, have do, I have to do this. I have to do that. I am my sons too. I find myself doing this with my with my son and like you know getting the rice and putting. Oh, okay. I do it all the time. Okay. Chef, um, we have a lot of questions being lined up by our um, viewers and listeners right now. We, I think it's time to start going through them because the, the line is getting long. The queue is getting long. Let's start with our good friend Sanju. Okay, so Sanju of Table for Three, um, one of the best blogs here um, in Manila. So here's his question. Sanju, how does Chef Dale ma- maintain the integrity and quality of his dishes uh, in his restaurants, especially when said restaurants are in different cities. I remember you even had a restaurant all the way in Miami yeah. before. So, you know, my, 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 my culinary journey has taken me to a place where my wife and I have started our own hospitality brand. Um, and, um, you know, we dissolved all the restaurants and we have a new restaurant. It's in Westchester, New York. It's a uh, Cantonese uh, restaurant called Goose Feather. And when we did have a bunch of restaurants, I mean, I'll tell you, it's hard. It's probably... One of the reasons why I dissolved the restaurant, it's just, it's just really hard. There's, um, there's no way to do it. You know, you have to be there and your quality of life goes, uh, your quality of life is really hard. Um, you have to have people you trust at first of all. And, um, and even then it's like, you know, you trust, it, it's, it's a hard thing to, tr- to give complete trust to people because at the end of the day, you know, they see, everyone sees, things differently right um so uh, it's a very hard thing to do um i think there's a special breed of people who can do it um i know that um it starts with a good team though and uh, right now at boost feather i have a great team and um i trust them i really really trust them from the executive chef alex to the gm uh, carlos and uh, you know it, it helps when your wife is involved too because she has your back 
Okay. Sanjo has a follow-up question. He messaged me. Do you still have nightmares about Amberjack? <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, you know what? It's funny because, like, when I got kicked off on All Stars for that dish, I immediately was like, I really messed up. I know exactly <laughs> what I should have done. It's like, you know, you do a crudo, and uh, it, just, it became very apparent that, like, I, there's a dish that I should have done that I didn't do. So, um, no, but, you know, there's the anxiety. I'll tell you this, like, the anxiety of that show is very real. You wake mm. up, oh, my God, like, you know, there's a certain anxiety you have. I'm like, imagine going to work every day and either getting kicked, getting fired, or promoted. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Chef, I have a question. Are you going to be bringing back your pretzel dumplings to Goose Feather? Is it on the menu? I, 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 it's not on the menu, but we are going to be working on a, uh, a Taldi pop-up and bring okay. some great Taldi-specific dishes. I have a project. Um, I have a, t- a project uh, in one of the airports in, in the met- New York metro area where um, we'll be bringing a lot of the uh, quality favorites back. So pretzel dumplings. Nice. Um, you know, hopefully the kare kare. But I did mine with like egg noodles. Um, nice. Um, and yeah, some favorites, quality favorites. But it's it's slated for next year. Um, but it's in one of the airports in the New York metro area. Nice. Okay. One of our most decorated chefs in Manila is actually tuned in, Chef Red Agustin. Um, he has a question. Can they ask Chef Dale who his top three chef, uh, top chef winners are? That's tough. Huh? I I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I think last I think the last winner, Melissa. That was such yeah, a great oh, Melissa. Such a great. She's season. my favorite. Yeah, She's Melissa. Um, and I know he's gone through some personal stuff in his life, but Paul Alki. Exactly. I mean, we always cut. talk about him. Yeah. He was a clear cut. He was a cut above everybody else in that season. Right. Uh, and I know he's gone through some stuff, but like, hey, man, you know what? We all have, and, and, and hopefully he gets out. You know, hopefully just, we're all just kind of getting through it all. And he's a homie, and it's because he's a homie, Elon Hall. <laughs> oh, Elon Hall. I do think okay. He's but I'll tell you, I think Elon Hall was one of the best. Uh, I think he understood the game, right? The guy understood the game from the beginning, right? And he, he kind of laid the benchmark for the way a lot of people play the game. Do what you yeah. do well, right? You got you get creative, but if you do what you do well on this show, you'll win. I, I, okay. I, I that's fresh in my mind because uh, Netflix just uh, recently put up the first two seasons, and um, and you're right. You know, um, there was always like in in any of these cooking competitions because um, I went through one as well, and. With these reality shows, the, the debate within you is always like, do you want to create a dish that will blow people's minds because it's super unique? Or do you want to make a dish that you know you can do really well and win? Right? So that debate was really, um, I think Ilan was the first to say yeah. like, you know, I'll sacrifice creativity if I know I can perform uh, well, if I cook what I know. Yeah, at the end of the day, what's the what's the objective? To win? If the objective is to win, right? Do what you know will get you to the win, right? It's like it's yeah. like the Chicago Bulls, man, in the last season. You're not going to give the ball to Jordan? You're going to all of a sudden give it to Ron Harper for the last shot? No. <laughs> let's, hey guys, let's stick with what got us here. This is what, this is what, you know, and I think that's a lot of times in restaurateurs – we lose face, we lose sight of that, right? What's getting you to, what's making you successful? And I, you know, I, I struggle with that too. Like I talked to my chef, my GM, I was like, hey man, let's make a wine list, this amazing wine list. When I was like, yo man, we made money, we're making money right now. Why don't we just keep the wine list the way it is 
and add and fill in the gaps, but not make this like the most extravagant wine list you've ever had. And I had to reconcile that. And I was like, I'm stupid. Mm. Do what is successful. That's a, that's a pretty good list, Chef, um, of winners. I would I would add Stephanie. Stephanie Izzard, maybe. I was going to go between Stephanie and uh, – for me, it was between Stephanie and Ilan. And, but I think Stephanie – I I did so much proud to Stephanie because she was um, she was the underdog the whole way. Yeah. Well, season to lose. And, yeah. and Stephanie picked up the ball and ran in, ran in for touchdown. Agree. Um Here's another question. How did you become a chef? But no, I think we discussed this already <laughs> with your parents and all. Um, one question is from Pablo. <laughs> it's a technical question. How can you chop faster? I think you can just Google that. <laughs> uh, oh, this is a fun question from, from Anna. Here, from Anna. What is the toughest and most unusual ingredient you worked with back in Top Chef? And if you were to use it today, what would you make? Most, That's a fun question. My most unusual ingredient that I've had to cook with. Um, can I say the, the most, I'll, I'll say this, the most difficult challenge that involved ingredients was for me at the time, vegetarian. Okay. We had to cook vegetarian dishes for a bunch of kids for a breakfast episode. And, uh, and, I gotta be honest, man. I, I stood, I sat there and was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going home. <laughs> oh no! But you know, I was with a guy named Mike Isabella, and he, he kind of put this dish together. It was like grits with or polenta with uh, peppers on top, and it ended up being an amazing dish. But like, you know, I, I, that that isn't innate for me. You know, I'm a carnivore, man. I love. <laughs> I, I, love fish. I love fish. I love pork. Um. So that's not innate in me, right? Cooking in that style. So, and right now it's like, you know, I'm starting to have a lot of fun with cooking vegetarian. I think it's an amazing outlet. I think, you know, it we talked one of my favorite dishes in the Philippines is KBL, Adios Baboy Lanka. And I made a uh-huh. dish, New Year's Eve menu that was basically KBL, all the flavors of KBL, which, you know, KBL is basically an adobo, right? But um, I did it with hen of the wood mushrooms as replacing the baboy. Oh, so that works. That works. Beans, hen of the wood mushrooms cooked in an adobo with, jack, with shredded jackfruit that we uh, braised, dehydrated, and then fried. It didn't puff, but it got like real, we made it into a web almost. Almost like a jerky, nice. like an adobo jerky of, of, of Lanka. And it was awesome, an awesome dish. I still think about it now. Like I, my, water, my mouth starts watering. <laughs> <laughs> actually, That's I am too. That, that, that actually works. Yeah, it's like uh, mushrooms and lanka, and yeah. And it was vegan. It was vegan. It is vegan. Yeah, I was gonna say that's probably vegan because there's no other animal byproduct there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, um, of the, I, 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 can yeah. I ask something personal? Because uh, I remember this very clearly on Top Chef. Uh, you guys were asked to cook inside a mall, I think, um, and. You know, everyone was grabbing those electric grills and everything, and you actually picked up a, an iron. You know, uh, the ones you use to iron clothes, and you made a you made a grilled cheese. Uh, <laughs> I remember sandwich. that. So, does that really? Uh, did you really use a flat iron? And can we try it at home? Yeah, man. I we were cooking at Target, and uh, what I tell people the funny story is about that is that um, the night before, I knew we like we had to come up with the dish, and then the night before. I had an idea what I was going to do. 
And when everyone went to bed, I went into the uh, one of the closets. I pulled an iron out and I pretended like I was ironing uh, uh, my chef coat or my apron. And mm-hmm. I took two pieces of bread and a grilled cheese and cheese, and I and I made a grilled cheese sandwich on an ironing board. And I was like, "This is gonna work." Um, <laughs> it works, man. And what I would tell you guys is is flavor the water before you put it into the iron. And flavor you know, the water. So like perfume the water with garlic or uh, herbs like rosemary or thyme, and then that steam will then give you. Uh, um, will give you flavor. We've done this. We've done, actually taken this idea, and we've done events with it, where you'll take like a um, a steam, uh, you know, a steam, a steaming iron, not just a conventional iron, an actual steamer, and put it underneath a bamboo basket and warm up things like shopa. Oh, nice! <laughs> you don't have a conventional stove or something. You know what I mean? You just need some steam. Do it that way, but flavor the flavor the. Um, um, put aromat- aromatics inside the water before you do it. Okay, I'm gonna, Smart. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy a new <laughs> iron and I'm gonna try it. <laughs> Smart. That's that's really smart, and that's a smart way of going about the competition. I'm gonna iron my chef jacket, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> me. I was like, "Yo, man, I don't want anyone copying me when I do." <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, one of I got, the. I have a question. Of, I have a question. Yes, yes. Go ahead. Well, chef Dale, you've gone head to head. You've had, you've gone you've dueled with a lot of some of the greatest chefs in the world. Uh, I wanted to ask: Is there a chef out there that you haven't? That you would like, you would consider the dream, your dream matchup, just for the sake of, let's say, the honor of going up against him or her. Oh yeah, you know, I, I think um, I've I've I cooked with him, I, I worked for him, uh, more, Iron Chef Morimoto. Oh yeah. wow! I would love to go head to head with the guy. Um, mm-hmm. um, he is a magician in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. He's uh, uh, he was an incredibly hard boss to work for. So I'd love to uh, make something and stick it to him. He's a great, <laughs> he's a great guy. But if I if I could pull off the win against him, it'd be great. Um, right. Yeah, that's. I mean, you know, and he's one of the. He's one. He's like, if you do Hall of Fame competition chefs, you got to put him up there, right? How Iron Chef. He did the Iron Chef the original in Japan. Like the guy, um, you know, the guy's been around the block. So uh, he's one of the guys that I would I would definitely go up against. Yeah. Great choice. I, I like how he coined it, uh, competition chefs, because that's totally different too. Like you can be a great chef in the restaurant, but not be up for time limit competitions because that's a totally different thing. So, yeah. and and Morimoto has been doing this, you know, sixty minute challenge for years. So it would be amazing to. I would pay money to watch you and Morimoto uh, <laughs> duo. Just let me know when and where. I hope he's watching. Chef Morimoto, he sealed the deal for me when in Iron Chef, he made a cathedral window sushi roll. I remember that. A maki roll that was cathedral window. I was like, okay, whoever he's up against should just give up right now. That's a cathedral window sushi roll. I mean, come on. (laughs) Um, One of the best chefs in Manila has a question, chef, since you're from Chicago and you had your restos in New York and New Jersey. Um, From our good friend, Jutes Templo of Gino's Pizza here in Manila. 
Is Raza? Is Raza? Raza better than the ones in New York? What's Raza? Is it the New York pizza? Raza is a New Jersey, it's a Jersey City pizzeria. It's actually a pizzeria that was right next to uh, my old restaurant called the uh, Jersey City. Um, okay. Hey, and no disrespect. I, I think what what he does there, and I know the chef, and I think what he does there is good. Um, I think it's great. I just don't, uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think that I've had pizzas that are better. Um you know, I've, I've been, I, my favorite, like if you're in New York City, go to John's, Bleak, John's on Bleecker. I mean, that to me is one of my favorite pizzas in the city. So um, while I do like what he does, is it the best? I don't know. Yeah, okay. Taste is subjective. So to each yeah, his own. Nothing know, wrong with it. I know the guy. And it's like no disrespect, man. I just, it's, that's my personal taste. Like, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah. The only okay, way yeah, to, but, yeah. to know is we should go there and try it. We have to. I remember Leah, Chef Leah Cohen of Top Chef. She's a good friend. I mean, met her here in the country. I remember when I went to New York, she just said, she told me, so do you want the Top Chef experience? Do you want to go to Talde? Do you want to go do this? I said, yes, please. I want to go to all these places because I'm, I'm such a huge fan of the show. And, you know, um, we're, we're so happy that you said yes to guesting on our show tonight, uh, Chef Dale. Honestly, I'll, I'll be honest, man. That's, it's one of the biggest uh, guestings we've had so far, right? Um, any other questions, guys? Sharwin, uh, Richie? No, I'm Whoa. I'm just I'm just happy that uh, I got to meet Chef Dave. <laughs> Big fan. I'm fan hey, boy. Hey man, you guys, you guys are, are are the real ones, man. You guys are doing it, and and you guys are back home. You know, getting us, getting all of us out there, and while we all are trying to like put Pinoy's on the map, you know, it's like it's guys like you who are uh, who are doing it uh, in, in back home, and um, I appreciate it, man. It's it's an honor to be here, and. Um, Keep doing what you guys do, man. I hope one day we can all get a pit table and 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 uh, drink a little too much, eat a little too much, and laugh a lot. So, <laughs> yeah. let's do that. We need to do that. <laughs> when you have time, chef, if you get to visit the country, I mean, for work, for play, whatever, um, you you know the Cine gang is more than willing to take you around. We'll show you the the fun spots here for all the food, the great food, the great drinks, and the great people. Uh, you know, you know, you you will have a uh, you will have the most gracious hosts here in the Philippines. Not just us; the whole country will be more than willing to. Yeah, to you host will never. You. you will never have to pay for a meal when you come oh, down. Here. No, oh yeah, that's true. That's true. I won't pay for meals. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I'm honored, man. I really. This is such such a cool thing you're doing, and and please, uh, if you need in the future, if you guys want connections to some really amazing Pinoys that are doing it here, let me know because I'd love. Uh, the more we do this, the more we get, you know, the yeah. brand of the Philippines out there, um, it's better, right? And, and, and let us tell the story. That's yes. yes, please. Let you guys tell the story and let us tell the story. Don't let other people tell the story for us. So it's from us, by us, owned by us. So right. that's, that's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, aside from Filipinos, you all know who we want to guess on this show. We've been talking about her all all, all episode. <laughs> if you can connect us to to Padma, you know, more we'd be more than willing to to adjust. If we have to do the show at five a.m., we'll do it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll put it in her ear. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we're kidding. But Chef, no, it was amazing. Thank you, not, guys. Thank you. Put it in her ear. No. <laughs> Thank you hey, for let's let's, let's yeah. have Padma on the show. Let's do it. Yeah. Who knows, right? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But, 
but chef thank you for doing this um thank you for doing the good fight for us in the in the u.s i mean promoting i know it's not really uh blatantly filipino you 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 touch on it because you said earlier during the episode that um am i qualified hey if you have filipino blood running through your veins you're qualified honestly that's what we say <laughs> you know so thank you thank you for doing it chef and thank you to all our listeners for the evening uh, for tuning in i know it was a bit late for our regular time slot but we will be uploading this episode as our other episodes are on spotify on google podcasts on um er- anywhere you get your podcasts okay so thank you um everyone um any last words? Um, Richie, you want to promote anything? Not just my YouTube channel, Pickiest Eater. I'm doing – I'm trying to help small businesses that uh, cannot open. So the, I'm pushing small businesses that uh, have been open up for delivery and all of that. And I've been trying to do a social distance dining episode, but uh, I'm going to be releasing it very soon. So just to help out with uh, – putting the word out that restaurants have been implementing safety protocols and been maintaining a certain percentage, trying to help right. out any way we can for the restaurant industry that has been good to us, needs our help right now. That's great. Thank you, Richie. Uh, Sharwin? Uh, I just want to have you guys uh, know I dropped a new batch of recipes on SharwinT.com. Uh, all of my recipes have ingredients that are easily replaceable, so you don't need to go out, If uh, especially if you've got seniors and kids at home. Uh, just make sure to pick one of my recipes that fits into whatever ingredients you have in your pantry. So, uh, charwinty.com. Uh, and then don't forget to tune in to my uh, YouTube channel. I got another new video on Straight Guy K-Drama Reviews, uh, which will premiere tomorrow. Okay, <laughs> Chef Charwinty. There you go. Ed? Okay. Um, oh wait, uh, Chef Dale. Chef Dale, I know you have your cookbook out there. Do you want to promote anything, Chef? Aside from oh, the cookbook, yeah, yeah. probably there you go. recipes from the Philippines to Brooklyn. Nice, nice. Um, come grab everybody. Uh, grab it um, on Amazon and uh, check out some fun recipes. And I don't know, man. Keep it, keep it strong, guys, because we all need it, um, especially right now. The restaurant industry is is uh, needs some direction and we need some help. So thank you for doing this. Yeah, thank you, Chef. Um, and before, um, just for myself, it's just really um, at Chef Edward on all my social media uh, channels. Um, and uh, same also for YouTube. Honestly, right now, what we've been trying to do is I'm part of this group called Resto PH. Um, we've been trying to push all of these restaurants as a support, huge support group for both ourselves. Because as everyone knows, this pandemic has been hitting our our industry uh, really hard. However, we know we're going to survive. Um, we're we're going to survive. We're going to get through this. We're going to, we're going to be, we're going to make sure that we're the safest places to eat in, like in the near future, um, even now, even today. So we will guarantee that the safety and um, uh, honesty, just to keep everyone's sanity intact, you know, going through the regular stuff. Uh, in a safe way, like going out, eating out with friends and family. Okay, um, guys, that is that was a wonderful episode. Thank you again. We cannot thank you enough, Chef Dale, because you, you you've been such a gracious guest. Um, 
Thank you. And that's it for this evening's episode of uh, The Cine Gang. Yeah, gang, gang. Gang, gang. All right. See you next time. Hey.